Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Story slash Coffee with Cannon. Today is Coffee with Cannon. How's everyone doing? What a nasty night, huh? I woke up to a frozen driveway, a frozen car, but I still persevered and made it out to a spin class, you know. And uh, so this weather, uh, we're all thinking of going down south soon. Uh, seeing some of you folks in the chat. And I got a special guest, special co-host today. He doesn't always join me on Saturdays because uh, he's a busy dad, you know. Even though his daughters are a little older, he's still, uh, he's a, you, you, you ever heard of a pilot and a gopher? Yeah, pilot here, pilot there, go for this, go for that. That's what Phil does on Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Phil, how's it going? Yeah, it's something like that. It's a little bit of uh Honeydew and uh, honeydews, you know, yeah, yeah. Honeydew this honeydew when your that. kids ask you something and they and they ask nicely, it's hard to say no. So, no, oh, absolutely, kind of, uh, that I am. And it's, thanks it, for it, having it, me today, Billy. And it's parting with a lot of those dead presidents, too. But now we yeah. do it to like Venmo, Venmo, and PayPal and that stuff. It's not as painful, maybe, you know. Yeah, on our last show, we were talking about how wise guys are probably doing it that way, but uh, yeah, they're using Venmo and PayPal. Hey, the Don wants you to give him one large into his PayPal account. <laughs> oh, no, he's using Venmo now. Don't go into PayPal. <laughs> Let me get his username. He's, he's always switching. Yeah. It's amazing the the uh, the way things have changed. So, so you know, Phil, um, as you know, uh, President Biden came into the city, I do believe it was on Thursday, to speak yeah. about to speak about gun crime and it was it was a lot of theater it was some theater there and i can't believe they had officer sulan there who shot and killed the perp it's so unlike them but it was so theatrical and you know i wonder if officer sulan was out sick and they dragged him out back in from being out sick to go and become a uh, a piece of uh, a piece on their chessboard you know because it was probably the only positive thing that happened in that press conference was they honored a hero but uh yeah you know yeah. and 100% that guy we spoke about him before unbelievable hero the kid a rookie cop takes out and kills this perp this miserable piece of shit and you know normally uh when we talk about uh gun crime in New York City and guns the progressives see it totally differently than we see it. They see it as the fault of the inanimate object, the gun. We see it as the fault of the person person that's pulling that trigger, the perpetrator. And their refusal to put these people in jail is what's making crime go through the roof right now. And uh, you know, we're going to do we're going to do a show this Tuesday um with former Yonkers Police Commissioner Edmund Hartnett and current Nassau Police Commissioner Patrick Ryder, and we're going to talk about violent crime and gun crime and their take on it. I mean, here's two experts, one current police commissioner, one former police commissioner. Eddie, Eddie Hartnett is also a, um, he's a consultant um, for a company called Bolo Rap and other things that he, he uh, consults for police departments. So he's a brilliant guy, and, and it, this should be an amazing thing. I'm going to show a little bit of that meeting with uh, President Biden, you know, and one of the things that bothers me is that, you know, for a year and a half, two years, they they cheered on the rioters. They said nothing about rioters, and they were part of the defund the police movement. All of a sudden, it's getting closer to election time, and all of a sudden, they're concerned about the police. They were never concerned about the police before, 
You know, his I'm vice right. president actually uh, campaigned to raise money for bail for people that were arrested during not protests during riots. So this is the kind of uh, uh, politics that uh, they believe in. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that uh, we're, we're going to shine a light on it. And you're right, Billy. Isn't it funny how we're coming up to the midterm elections this year and they decided all of a sudden they want to, you know, uh, act like act like. They're interested in bringing down uh, crime throughout the country. Amazing. Let me play a little bit of this. And uh... this is a group that was started, a program started back in 2017. And the president wants to see more of that. Part of his approach of not just enforcement, but also prevention. As you mentioned, the president started the afternoon right here at police headquarters. President Biden leading a high profile summit on public safety, flanked by the mayor, the governor and lawmakers. He pledged his support to police. The answer is not to defund the police. It's to give you the tools, the training, the funding to be partners, to be protectors, and community needs you and know the community. You know. The president visits New York as crime is up 37%. Gun violence is up 32%. Six NYPD officers shot just a month into the new year, including detectives Rivera and Mora, killed by a felon with a barrel of bullets attached to this illegal gun brought up from Maryland. That's why we're here today, to bring together our federal, state, and city partners in common cause. We're going to stop gun trafficking from coming into our city, get illegal guns off the streets, and lock up those who carry them. 80% of guns in this state are coming from other states illegally. So I'm watching those borders. Let everybody be aware, we are checking. U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland announcing new actions from the Department of Justice, beefing up anti-violence crime policies in U.S. attorney offices, a crackdown on so-called ghost guns, guns without serial numbers, and going after gun traffickers. We are strengthening our firearms trafficking strike forces to disrupt the pipeline that floods our community with illegal guns. And that is why we are sparing no resource in identifying and holding accountable the repeat offenders who are the major drivers of violent crime. President Biden also visited PS 111 in Queens, where he met with community violence interrupters. He renewed his calls to Congress to pass an appropriations package that includes a half a billion dollars for community programs like this, trying to not just fight crime, but stop it from happening. They work. They work for community members with credibility work directly with people that are most likely to commit crimes or be victims of gun crimes. And they work. And as the president continues to try to shore up some bipartisan support for a new crime bill, we also know that the president is right now in the process of drafting executive orders on a new police reform action. Unbelievable how they blame the guns and not the person pulling the trigger. It's just it baffling to me, and it's the same line of horseshit that was delivered in the 1960s, you know. And they don't want to prosecute people that shoot people. That's that's the first thing. That's that's fighting crime 101. The iron pipeline, 80% of the how about locking the people up that shoot people? Very simple. Not one of them mentioned that. You know, Billy, at the end of his statement, violence interrupters, they work, they work. How can he say that? Where's the statistics that shows that these violence interrupters? That is work? absolute horseshit. It, it's absolutely. a movement 
It's a money grab from these. That's what it is. It's a money grab. That's what grab. it is. Let's yeah. give Al Sharpton's um, what, what's his uh, organization? The National called? Action Network. The National Action Network. I guarantee he's that group is one of the violence interrupters. What do they know about interrupting violence? I, I mean, listen, uh, they're talking about violence interrupters. What are they going to do? They're going to step in front of uh, two different groups of gangbangers and say ceasefire. It's not going to work. It's baloney. How could he sit there and say that it works? We know it doesn't work. We know it works. Now, I am all for, and I think you are too, Bill, any type of stopping the flow of illegal firearms coming into any city in the country. Ob obviously, we're for that. We are for that. But- the guns that are already here, these mopes, these perps are walking around in the street. They're not afraid to carry guns. They're not afraid to whip them out. We saw the shooting on King's Plaza we did on our show the other day. The guy just whips out a gun and starts indiscriminately shooting at another gangbanger. Not even think about who's else is in this mall that could be shot. We had a, a, a not long ago, within the last few weeks, an 11-month-old girl struck in the face by a stray bullet. We've had numerous incidents of this stuff going on. There needs to be the interdiction of these gangbangers with, as we know, we've said it a million times, stop, question, and frisk, plainclothes police officers, whether it be anti-crime, street crime, borough-wide crime, and then you have the, the gun suppression units. These are all the, the tools that are in our toolbox that we need to implement now. And you and I have both said this, we're standing behind uh, Mayor Adams. He's a former police officer. Uh, he was a captain on the police department. He knows what to do. He knows how to get this job done. Let's see if he could do it. It's He came in at a very, very tough time. It's only been three or four weeks. He lost two police officers. I believe there were seven others shot altogether, including that off-duty officer that was shot while he was stopped at a red light the other night. So uh, it's obvious that there's a super uptick in violent crime. Uh, we lost two fellow police officers. We've had seven shot altogether. Uh, let's get into the game. And this, this, you know, this political theater that they put on the other day, uh, I'm not buying it. It's, uh, it's all nonsense. And again, Billy, you made the real, the real strong point. It's not the gun that kills the people. It's the person holding the gun that pulls the trigger. It, it, they want to blame it on just guns, and then they go into the Second Second Amendment area when they do that. So, well, Phil, you uh, know what it is? Let's take the guns away from the, that. This is their philosophy. Let's take the guns away from the people that legally possess them. Which what we are talking about, and I want to make this clear because someone in our chat the other day said, "Oh, I, I'm a legal firearm owner." We're 100% behind your right to own a firearm. Of course. That's why I'm against the, this language of it's the gun and not the person, the illegal gun and the person that's pulling the trigger. Because, you know, we're going to segue into this other story. Alvin Bragg, who's a new Manhattan district attorney, Ooh. someone bitch slapped him. He got bitch slapped because all of a sudden he has changed that 10-page memo. He totally reiterated, oh, I, I didn't really mean that. Oh, really? It's written down. So he he sent that they someone got to him and said, "Dude, we'll remove you as fast as you got elected. So you better you got to better back off." And I'm going to show this little before you segue into that, Billy. I just got to make one point about a statistic. When they talk about legal guns, less than one percent of legal guns are responsible for the homicides throughout the whole country. So we're talking about a very small percentage of legal guns wind up being used in heinous crimes like 
homicide. So it's the illegal guns we need to go after. Listen, there's definitely need to have guns registered. You need to have safety courses, all of that. We're, we're in law enforcement. We're behind that. We're for all of that. But when you look at statistics, it's the illegal handguns that are already on the street are what's causing the uptick and the out-of-control crime in 100%. all of the cities across the United States. Let's play this little... Uh... Was it a break? Jason Rivera, where his widow called him out. We are not safe anymore. I know you were tired of these laws, especially the ones from the new DA. I hope he's watching you speak through me right now. Or being read the riot act by Governor Kathy Hochul. We need to do more to protect public safety. Whatever the reason, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg has backed off his. You know, I just like to say Hochul is also full of shit. She won't yeah. reverse bail reform, but she's talking about this nonsense and, and talking, let's go after the guns. You know, she won't even, the- She won't even have a conversation about uh, looking at bail reform. So you're right. She's full of baloney. The earlier day one memo that provoked demands for his ouster seems instead of being the softer, gentler prosecutor he campaigned on, he apparently now wants to be the new sheriff of Manhattan. His tough on crime stance in this new memo telling his staff violence against police officers will not be tolerated. Gun possession cases are a key part of our plan for public safety. People walking the streets with guns will be prosecuted and held accountable. A commercial robbery with a gun will be charged as a felony. Whether or not the gun is operable, loaded, or a realistic imitation, we also will use gun possession cases as an opportunity to trace the source of illegal guns and build cases against gun traffickers. His earlier memo told staffers to only seek jail for the most serious offenses and to seek alternatives to incarceration for first-time offenders and people charged with certain robberies and assaults, even gun possession and resisting arrest in cases where no other crimes were involved. We will be safe in this city. Bragg's actions coming as Mayor Adams made the rounds of TV and radio shows to talk about President Biden's trip to the city and his own blueprint for public safety. On WNYC, he offered more details on his plan for spot checks for guns coming into the city at trains and bus stations and bridges. I know when I travel abroad or even in the subway system, people do spot checks, random spot checks, uh, to determine if someone is carrying an explosive device if we're doing that for a bomb, then we should be doing it for bullets and guns. The mayor says the spot checks are a message to people along the Iron Pipeline that New York City is not an open door for illegal guns. In the newsroom, I'm Marcia Kramer, CBS 2 News. You know, I don't even know if that's legal. I don't know if it's legal that you could just go search somebody. I mean, they took away, um, you know, jumping uh, jumping the turnstile illegally as a misdemeanor. Now they're talking about, I think that's illegal searches. Where does he get this from? Listen, I think what he's trying to do there, if I'm reading this correctly, Billy, and I'm reading between the, uh, the lines a little bit, it sounds like he's talking about profiling. That's another way of saying profiling. And I believe, I believe, now listen, racial profiling, no. Profiling criminals, yes. There's a difference between the two. Now, if you're going to do indiscriminate stops to search for guns. Are you going to stop uh, a 90 year old woman pushing a shopping cart or are you going to stop some, uh, you know, guy wearing gang collars, you know, that you see where I'm going with it. Yeah, so yeah. maybe that's where he's going with it. That could be, I don't know, but listen, I'm all for any type of enforcement targeted 
targeted enforcement is what we need. So I'm reading between the lines a little bit. He's probably afraid to say it out well, loud. You know, there, there's something in the law called arbitrary systematic procedure. And that's where you could say, I'm going to stop every 10th person. Yeah. And right. No, I'm that's saying that's, that's legal to do, but it's not going to be fruitful because the 10th person could be grandma Moses. In right. A wheelchair, exactly. You know? Exactly. And, exactly. Right. So well, it's, we need to have targeted enforcement. Well, go ahead, Billy. I'm sorry. Talking about is correct, but you know something. Then you can get accused of profiling. But what the mayor is talking about is just searching people on trains, searching people on planes, searching people in wheelchair. I I don't think that's legal. It's it's probably not legal. And again, now when they use the word profiling, I think profiling, not racial profiling. You can't say, well, I'm going to go after a specific race based on whatever. If you're going to go after a specific target of, of criminal, that I think is okay. If you, you Listen, other countries do it. Israel does it. That's why there has never been any type of a terrorist attack on any of their airliners or any of their airports because they're really, really uh, strict on how they do it. And you know, uh, it's a matter of using common sense here too. There's, there's, a, there's a science. If you know that this is your group or this is, uh, you know, what the gang colors are and you see someone wearing those gang colors, that's the person you're going to target. Maybe not right away to jump in and search them, maybe to observe them and see if they possibly could be carrying a weapon. So look, th those are all great things, but I want to, I want to touch on Bragg a little bit because do you have the, uh, the latest memo that he put out loaded billy to put up I, no i don't have it loaded I, okay I, i'll explain what i wanted to talk about he talks about how robberies uh where uh a robbery first degree is going to be carried as a robbery first degree in his previous uh when he first got sworn in his his memorandum his 10 page memorandum he said that as long as there was no injury it was going to be dropped to a misdemeanor then he said that uh violence against police officers is going to be carried as uh, uh, a misdemeanor or a felony, whatever it is, you know, resisting arrest. So he he outlined a couple of the different things that he mentioned in his 10 page memorandum. However, he's still not going to go after prostitution arrest. He's still not going to enforce jumping the turnstile, uh, low level marijuana, drinking in public, urinating on the subways, all the different things that we talked about as far as quality of life crime. And, you know, what are we going to do? We're going to have social workers try and go up against violent pimps to stop prostitution. It's not going to work. We need enforcement that they can bring in these young ladies, arrest them. Obviously, you know, it's going to be terrible for them to be arrested, but now they can be offered social services. Do you have a drug problem? Is that why you're doing this? You could be offered counseling. There's programs that the court system implements for people like that when there's a drug addicted person arrested or a person who's uh, homeless and winds up in prostitution or there's uh, domestic violence in the home and they wind up on the street. And that's what these pimps go after. They go after young girls that have broken homes. There's no father in the family. They get them drug addicted and they put them on the street. And why isn't he talking about that? He talked about the top three things that were in his memorandum, but there's all the other things. And, and listen, it's obvious he got called on the corporate. Somebody shook his cage a little bit. So he came out with this memorandum to try and hold on before they were going to do a recall or the governor was going to take him out. You know, Phil, I'm for every way that you can interdict on crime and lower crime and uh, make this city safer. But I think they don't want to talk about arrest and prosecution and incarceration because the policies of Alvin Bragg are called decarceral. That means he doesn't want to put anyone in jail or in prison. Instead, 
He wants to use diversion programs, which is a fancy way to say, let's send this gangbanger to counseling. Let's send this uh, career pettit lawsonist, which are destroying businesses throughout the land. Let's not prosecute that. Let's just give him counseling. You know, this is outrageous. Uh, let, let's let's the, the predators laying around on the subways that are robbing people, pushing people on the tracks, mentally ill criminals. You know, that whole that whole euphemism homeless. It means a lot of different things. It means mentally ill, drug addicted, possibly alcoholic. And the last thing is homeless. But that covers all four of those things. And it's not correct. They have people living on the subways that are dangerous, dangerous time bombs and people that are going to work. Some politician in Chinatown objected to the police going on the train for the funeral, not wearing masks. How about the people living on the trains that got diseases that you can't even pronounce? She never talks about that, right? But she was concerned about some police officers going on a train to an, another officer's funeral that they weren't wearing masks. Get a life, whoever that woman was. She was an Asian politician. I don't have a name right now. Disgusting. Just totally disgusting. Listen, I think when we talk about masks, that could be a whole, you know, other conversation. It's It's been proven already that they're ineffective in, in most, uh, most situations. But you brought up the uh, decarceral uh, angle of Alvin Brang, that he wants decarceration, that they don't want to, uh, uh, they don't want to have uh, people going to jail. They want to have these programs. The shooting the other day, we talked about this, the double sh uh, shooting in Kings Plaza, Jaheem Cunnington, uh, 19 years old. When he was 17, he pled guilty to another shooting. He got, instead of going to jail, he got a reform program. And obviously, Obviously, the reform program didn't work. So the diversion tactic that they're talking about in that particular incident, a 17-year-old kid was arrested for shooting someone. They put him into a reform program, uh, a diversion program, as they would call it. And it obviously didn't work because a short time later, in about a year later, he's involved in a shooting in Kings Plaza, indiscriminately firing shots into a crowd. And the other guy, the main shooter, again, he was out on bail for carrying two guns and leading police on a high-speed chase. So what message is being sent to these, and I got to use the word, these scumbags, because that's what they are. What message is being sent to them? There's no deterrence. What's the big deal if I get caught? I shot somebody. They gave me a reform program. So, yeah. I mean, we're sending the wrong message. We need to turn that all around and... You know, we go back to the broken windows policy. If we start with that again, we start there and work our way up and have all these other, you know, targeted enforcement areas of what's going on in these neighborhoods, we can turn this around. It might take a, a little time. It's not going to happen overnight, but yep. we can turn it around and make our city safe again. Folks, this is Police Off the Cuff, Coffee with Cannon. If you're not a subscriber, please go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, ring that bell, give us a thumbs up. If you want to support us, on, we have a Patreon with three different levels. And we also have a YouTube membership. Uh, the people that are in the, the chat in the green font, they're members of our YouTube channel. We appreciate their support. Uh, this Tuesday, as I, I said before, I'm going to put it on the screen. That's former Yonkers Police Commissioner Edmund Hartnett and current Nassau County Police Commissioner Patrick Ryder. They're going to be on the show and we're going to talk about gun crime. We're going to talk about the war on police. We're going to talk about how to attack crime uh, since crime on all seven majors is up in New York City. Uh, Patrick Ryder is a former New York City police officer. 
that rolled over to Nassau County. Ed, Edmund Hartnett was also, he was a 3-2 cop. He was a 3-2 precinct cop, and he went up through the ranks, been his highest uh, deputy chief, and then he became the police commissioner of Yonkers. Uh, he's a consultant now. They're both extremely knowledgeable, and uh, I'm thrilled to have these guys on the show. And we're going to go, you know, we're going to touch upon this too, the war on cops. We had Heather McDonald on a few weeks ago. Uh, this is all, this is where it all started. And that's why I'm very suspect of these politicians talking about how all of a sudden they're supporting the police. No, they're not. They're really not because they're doing it now because the election is, a, is not, well, it's less than a year away, the midterms. All of a sudden they're, they're, they're seeing the tides of change are blowing towards the police again instead of toward the anarchists. And they, they want to cover all bases. So now they're pretending to support us. But they, again, they, they're covering both bases by saying they don't want anyone arrested. They want to go after the guns. The guns are the problem, not the per persons using the guns. You know, Billy, I'm really looking forward to Tuesday night. I actually was a uh, detective in the intelligence division when uh, Chief Harnett, he was the chief of our unit. And uh, I just... You know, I want to hear, listen, obviously they were upper management, uh, both police commissioners. Um, I'm really interested in hearing what their views are, their opinions, because they were up at the top of the, the food chain, so to speak, in policing uh, in two different police departments. So it's going to be a great conversation we're going to have with them. I'm really looking forward to it. I think that, you know, last night I was at my cousin's restaurant in Brooklyn and he sang at the table when we were having some. Are we still on, Bill? Yeah, we're on. Yeah, we froze up for a second. Uh, okay. Sorry, folks. I don't know what that was. Uh, I, a little I did, glitch. I, I did pay my electric bill. I paid my Wi-Fi bill, so uh, I don't know what Could have been a power surge. But but the point I was going to make was my cousin brought something up, and we were talking about the, uh, the funeral from being at the funeral the other day. I had brought up, you know, the subject. And he said to me, he looked at me, and he turned, and he said, listen, I'm really glad that the people of this city – and across the country are starting to see that cops are not this devil in disguise that people have painted them out to be for the last few years, that these are real people. They're cops. They're out there trying to help. They're not there to hurt anybody. You know, uh, they've been painted in such a bad light. Now, this is my cousin's a civilian. He's a businessman. And coming out of his mouth, it was so encouraging to me that I feel like we might have the, the the tide at our backs now that people are starting to wake up and say, you know, what are they talking about to fund the police? We need the police. Without the police, we have nothing. We have a, a the Wild West society. So uh, unfortunately, it may have taken the deaths of those two police officers. And if you listen, and Bill, you were present, we heard uh, police officer Morris' sister speak. She spoke in Spanish, but when it was when it was translated. She said some words that, you know, and this is from the sister of a police officer that was just killed. She said, how many more police officer Jason Rivera and how many more will be? You know, Phil, it obviously did something because uh, Alvin and the chipmunks there, he got bitch slapped after it. And they, they got to him. You know what Absolutely. I mean? He's not going in there with his own personal agenda. Dude, there's a, there's a constitution. All right. The laws are made by the legislature, not the district attorney. You prosecute the laws. And he came in there with his million dollars from Soros with this agenda that he thought he was going to shove down the throats of all civilians and the police. And guess what? It's not going to happen. This is the Billy I like to see. I like to see when you get from <laughs> no, the It's not called coffee with Ken and it's called ranting with Bill, you know? Yeah, but 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 listen, the bottom line is, is that you're passionate about it because you know. And the, the bottom line is, 
This guy can't pick and choose what laws he wants to enforce. He's the district attorney for the county of New York in Manhattan, and he needs to enforce whatever laws are broken and people arrested. The police bring you an arrest. As long as it's a good arrest and it's a legal arrest, you need to prosecute it. And, and he's not doing that. And this is happening across the country. And you brought up George Soros. It's all Soros-backed DAs that have taken this soft-on-crime approach. It needs to end. You know, what I was even doing uh, when I was doing stand-up comedy, all these comics are leftists. And they started, they would talk about this, the carceral stuff too. And I would just say, you don't know what you're talking about. You're a comic. Shut up. You know, like you're just a fool, you know? <laughs> and I used to get so pissed at them because they spoke with such authority. I go, you're making 40000 a year working as a comic. Really? I don't want to hear that you're this genius in law enforcement, you know? Leave it to the experts. That's what I always say. If yeah. you're a doctor, you can talk about medical stuff. If you're a football player, you could talk about throwing a pass. If you're a police officer or you're in law enforcement, you can talk about that. So uh, th that's what I really believe in. And listen, you're allowed to have your opinion. Don't get me wrong. You could talk publicly and have your opinion, but you can't speak like what you just said, Billy, in such an authoritative way with such conviction about things you know nothing about. Let Listen, till you've been in the trenches like we have and those two police can commissioners that we're going to have on Tuesday that started out as police officers and worked their way up until you've done those things. You really can't have a good solid opinion on it. Let us give you our version of it. And I'm not saying you have to listen to every word we say, but we're talking from experience and these police commissioners will be talking from experience. And I think it's going to be uh, a very great conversation that we'll have on Tuesday. And to me, it's really common sense. Most of it, you know, Bill, a lot of it is really just common sense when you've practiced it and you've done it and you've seen the result. It's like, why would you do something different? You know, I mean, anything could be, you know, um, you can sharpen your pencil on things and do it a little different, maybe to not have a bad result on things. There's always room for improvement. But yep. in general, we know it works. Let's keep doing what works instead of these insane ideas. Let me play a little bit of this. The officers are now regulars at the intersection of East 198th Street and Valentine Avenue in the Bronx, where a baby was struck by a stray bullet last month. At the corner deli, a Crime Stoppers reward poster hung on the door. Across the street, remnants of crime scene tape, and it only begins to tell the story. The guns are ridiculous, but really, we really in the Bronx, we really need more policing. In August, um, uh, uh, a gun was pointed to my face in that in the discount in the corner. Last month alone, 100 shooting incidents across the city, three dozen victims. The largest share were in the Bronx. This is shootings in January increased by more than 31 percent when compared to 2021. I understand what the what the police say that it needs to be more policemen. No, it needs to be more undercover police. The controversial anti-crime units that use those undercover officers are getting a makeover. Now known as neighborhood safety teams are being deployed to more than 30 precincts across the city, including this one in Mont Haven. You can have a police officer on every corner, but that doesn't address uh, someone's opportunity to commit a crime and also why they're committing a crime. <sighs> Noel says prevention strategies have to come with more resources. like Yeah, more resources for the violence preventers. It's just it's a money grab by these social workers. That's what it is. There you go, right? There's no there. proof on the that screen. this stuff works. 250000 state grant. There's no proof that that works. Show me the statistics. Show me the credentials of these violence interrupters. 
Uh, Give that money to overtime for the police department. You'll see how fast and they have results of uh, making arrests and taking guns off the street. Law enforcement and keeping communities safe. Andrea Klein Thomas, CBS 2 News. So there's a different there's a different philosophy, difference in philosophy. And we're not totally hardcore, lock them up, lock them up, lock them up. We think money has to be put in, but let's put the money into the young kids before they go bad. Let's prevent them from getting into gangs. Let's uh, pay for sports programs. Uh, New York City Kids in Boxing, which is totally financed by donations. You know, uh, after school programs for the kids. But you know something? Some of these people, they're just, their career, they're just career parasites. A lot of them, you know, they just go from getting arrested and getting back out on the street, getting rearrested again. Oh, are these violence interrupters going to be able to, to change that flow of people back and forth into prison and jail? Yeah, Billy, I agree with you a thousand percent. And w- when I was a kid growing up, uh, sports was a big part of my life. Uh, it kept us out of trouble. We had a day center during the summertime where we'd go to the school and they'd involve us in basketball and softball. And then during the week, there was a couple of nights a week we had the night center. So if I'm inside the school playing basketball with my buddies or doing whatever in the school, uh, we're not on the street robbing cars or being subjected to gang violence or anything like that. So all of these programs... Put some money into those type of things, obviously. But these violence interrupters, like you said, it's a money grab. Uh, it is the uh, the president of the Detectives Endowment Association that we met the other day when we were at the uh, funeral for police officer Mora, along with some of the board officers. And uh, yeah, they they uh, they were out there from five thirty in the morning preparing coffee and and some uh, refreshments for all the officers. I mean, it was probably about between ten and fifteen thousand police officers. Uh, at that uh, at that funeral, so they uh, got to give them a big uh, round of applause. They uh, they really went above and beyond. Along you know, with Phil, the I was, that was the well. first time I that was the first time I put on a suit, except for when I walked down my driveway to do those uh, those news reports. But it was the first time I put on a suit in a long time, and I used to wear a suit every single day to work. Yeah, I know. I I, I definitely uh, can hear that. I I hadn't had a suit on in a while myself, other than for a wedding or whatever. But uh, it was a good feeling. It 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 gave me a little bit of uh, you know. I mean, it was terrible that we were going to a police officer's funeral, obviously. But uh, just to, to be around everybody, to see to come. Uh, it was a, a display for the family, really. When we go to those funerals, that's what it is. It's for the family. It's it's to let the the family know that their loved one did not die in vain. And uh, we basically closed Fifth Avenue. Uh, you were present. Everybody saw it on the news. Uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's a horrible situation. It's a horrible situation. Police officer lost his life. Two police officers lost their lives in that incident. But uh, what we do for our fallen brothers and sisters uh, is something that's done for the family. It's a sign of respect. And uh, anybody that had a problem with it, they know where they could go. Yeah, no, I mean, look, uh even people, I think, that don't have family in policing, not part of the policing world, when they see those videos, either on television or we share some of those pictures online, people are like, oh, my God, that's it's unbelievable. I mean, the power of when we looked up and saw those helicopters flying wow. overhead. It's if giving you me the chills now thinking. Oh, about my it. God. If you didn't get a chill, uh, you know, from that. And then those thousand motorcycles that came by and just, it was just the power and the majesty of it was just, 
just unbelievable, you know, and that, that's the tribute. And that's, you're right. That's for the family and it's for, uh, you know, and, and of course, and there's those that, that complain about it, you know, that, that, that no matter what happens, people are going to complain about things. Oh, that's, you know, not, not right. Look at all the money they spent on this and, you know, uh, amazing, but it's all right. You know, that, that, that's, they deserve it. They're heroes, you know. You know, it, it was nice that when you, I, and James Connolly, we went to lunch later on that day after the funeral, and we went to Connolly's in Manhattan. I believe it's on 46th Street. And the owner came over, and he said something uh, that I thought was very powerful. He said, hey, guys, how are you? I want to thank you for your service. He goes, you know, we're busy today. He goes, but we're busy for a terrible, terrible reason. And he went on to say it was terrible what happened. You could really see that this is a New York businessman. And he said, I just want to thank you so much. And he said, lunch is on me. And I thought that was just such a nice gesture by that uh, gentleman. I, 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 uh, Jimmy, uh, James Connolly knew his name. Um, James O'Connell, rather, whose name, I, I forgot his name, but he was really nice to us. It was just, uh, a, such a sweet gesture. And I said to him, you know, we're retired. He goes, doesn't matter. Thank you for your service. And, uh, it was just a beautiful gesture. It shows you that people really care, um, you know, it's it's a terrible situation that went down, but uh, maybe little things like that, the little bit of good that could be pulled from that bad situation. And uh, it just goes to show you that there are many, many people, many New Yorkers that appreciate what New York City police officers do on a daily uh, on the daily. So uh, thank you again. A shout out to that Connolly's restaurant. That was very nice of them. Yeah, no, it was amazing. You know, there's there's people out there that. Uh, always support the police and maybe there's people there's new people that are coming to the realization that the police are not the problem there's many other things that are the problem uh i would mention the politicians are more of the problem than anything else and uh when you see the way these a lot of these weasels work it just really <laughs> you know it just really gets to you like uh I, I don't know why, um, you know, the other night uh, to get really political, uh, uh, Mayor Adams met with former Governor Cuomo. I don't know what that was what about. Was that? Yeah, they're, yeah. yeah, they're such good buddies. They missed each other. I don't think so, you know. Yeah. Uh, and the best is that the uh, the person who uh, made the statement for um, for uh, Mayor Adams said they didn't discuss politics. It was just a friendly <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just they were discussing the the Super Bowl, the upcoming Super Bowl, and you know yeah. some some friendly stuff. They, they, they wanted to catch up, you know, with their families yeah. and stuff, but, uh, whatever. Teresa, yeah, the media is not far behind, you know, uh, the media, they, they don't, uh, a lot of them don't report the truth. They just report what's sensational. And the, the biggest corruption with the media is reporting through omission, meaning not reporting stories that may be positive to the police and, you know, picking and choosing what you're going to pick, according to the political bent of your station. That's, you know, that's, that's sort of disgusting too, you know? Yep. You know, Billy, I just want to make one thing clear for our subscribers and listeners and anybody that watches this. I personally am, uh, I consider myself a common sense conservative. Uh, as far as Democrat and Republican, I am a registered Republican. Um, however, if Governor Hochul, who parachuted into the job of governor or Mayor Adams, who's also a Democrat, if they do a good job, I will support them 100%. I am a common sense conservative. That's my my position. Now, I got something in the mail the other day from the Republican committee. I tore it up and threw it in the garbage. I'm disgusted with them as well as the Democrats. The country is going in a bad direction as well as our city. It's going in a bad direction. We need to turn it around. Whoever it is that can turn it around, whether they be Democrat, Republican, whatever, I will support them 100%. 
That's my position. I just wanted to make that clear. It's not about Republican and Democrat because I have a lot of issues with the, uh, Republicans as well as Democrats. Let's do the right thing. And that's who I'm going to support. Use common sense. And that's who I'll give the thumbs up to. 100%. You know, and I think that, you know, we said numerous times on the show that we're all rooting for uh, Mayor Adams and we hope Absolutely. that he does the right thing. And, uh, you know, he's got to be 100% better than than, than uh, de Blasio, who, who just literally destroyed this city in eight years. Uh, I, I, would, I would love to know what the finances of the city are, what kind of shape they're in right now. Oh, we'll um, be finding out. Yeah, it's... Um, it's just crazy how one person uh, elected can destroy a city in eight years that was running, was hitting on all cylinders. It's prosperity, low crime, businesses were booming, you know, and uh, one person can just turn that all around through his vision, just his own vision, his own incorrect vision, you know. Psychotic, but I want to make a quick mention about uh, the, the PBA president, Patrick Lynch. The other day at the funeral, he gave a very uh, passionate speech uh, and he did it without notes. Every person that went up to that lector and, and gave, uh, whether it be a eulogy or gave a speech, they all were reading from notes. He did it from the heart. He also put out a statement last night saying that he stands behind uh, Mayor Adams, that uh, he spent many hours with him over the last couple of weeks in hospitals uh, grieving over the two police officers that were shot and killed, as well as the other officers that were shot. So he's taking a stand behind the mayor right now. I am going to say that I'm taking that same stand. I'm sure, Billy, you're, you want to stand behind them as well, but we need to see some results. Let's hope uh, it's not going to happen overnight, but let's stand behind the mayor. Let's uh, hope that he can turn things around. And like I said before, Whoever the politician is that does good for New York City, I'm right with them. 100%. You know, folks, so we're at like for almost 42 minutes. So we're going to, I'm just going to show you this Tuesday night, again, 9 p.m. Uh, former Yonkers Police Commissioner Edmund Hartnett and current Nassau County Police Commissioner Patrick Ryder are going to be on the show. And we're going to talk about a lot of things that we spoke about today, but from uh, their expert uh, point of view. Phil, last, uh, last words? Last words. That's going to be a, a, a great show, Billy, because we're going to have it from, you know, people have gotten our perspective, law enforcement. We were in the, the trenches, so to speak. These two officers were also in the trenches, but they worked their way up. So we're going to get the view from the top uh, police commissioners. And let's see what they have to say. Maybe they have different ideas than we do. I think it's going to be a great conversation. Again, Billy, thank you for having me on today. I appreciate it. And uh, let's just keep moving forward. And uh, God bless all of our brothers and sisters in blue. 100%. Folks, uh, have a great uh, Saturday. Stay safe. And hopefully we'll uh, see you Tuesday night. Stay safe, everyone. So just say enough.